Hello, everybody, and welcome to Demimond Paranormal Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Tori, from Demimond Paranormal on Facebook.com. And tonight, I'm going to be taking you all on an audio voyage or tour of Italy's most haunted locations. In this episode, we will explore the most haunted locations from Venice to Rome to Milan and so on. We will visit ossuaries and catacombs, haunted islands, and even more than that, haunted mansions that are known to kill their owners or be responsible for their deaths. So stay tuned for tonight's episode. And before we get started, I want to thank each and every one of my listeners from all around the world for tuning in to listen to me ramble about the paranormal each week, every Friday. It really is humbling to see how many people tune into your podcast from all around the world. And and I am quite honored. So, without any further ado, let's just dive right in to Italy's haunted past. So, to start off tonight's list of haunted locations, I have one honorable mention located in Venice, Italy. You may have heard of this island. This is Proviglia Island. Proviglia Island is home to what is said to be 160,000 ghosts. That's right, you heard that number right, y'all. 160,000 thousand ghosts. Now, during the Roman Empire, Perfiglia was used as a port, but then after the Roman Empire fell, the island was used as a dumping ground for Venetians who had become riddled with the plague whether they were dead or alive. Then, in 1922, there was an an asylum built on the island to hold the mentally unstable, to hide these people from the rest of the city of Venice. Inside the asylum, the doctors would torture the patients and experiment on them in the bell tower. Now, the one doctor that we are talking about was so evil, he performed heinous acts on his own patients.
but after time, justice prevailed when the doctor himself was said to have gone mad, and he fell from the bell tower. Now some say that it was his own patience that pushed him from the bell tower. But not just the alive patients, no, it was the ghost of his former patients that pushed him to his death. It is said that this island is the most haunted place in the world, and it was referred to as the Island of No Return. So just just think about that. First, during the Roman Empire, it was used as a port, so trading. And then after that, came it became a dumping ground for plague victims. So many, many, many souls have perished there and probably were trapped there. Trapped in purgatory or even trapped to repeat some terrible experience over and over again. Our next location is Palazzo Dario, located in Venice. Now this palace is also nicknamed the House That Kills. Nearly all of the owners of, of Dario Palace had died. And you didn't even have to necessarily have to own the palace to come to a sticky end. You could have lived in it, be associated with it in some way, or you could have owned it. Something was about to happen to you, whether it be bankruptcy or murder, or even suicide. It all comes down to the blame of the house. It's all started with the daughter of a local official who built the house by the name of Giovanni Dario in the 15th century when she committed suicide. Since then, there has been 10 dramatic deaths that are associated with the palace. The most recent one happened in 2002 and also, celebrity Woody Allen almost bought the house, but even he changed his mind. Our next location is Via Bagnara in Milan, Italy. Antonio Boggio was Italy's answer to London's Jack the Ripper. Only his reign of terror began 30 years before Jack's did in the streets of Whitechapel. Antonio managed to kill many people deep within the bowels of Milan via Bagnara is a thin walkway only for pedestrians. This is where Antonio Baggio 
managed to kill many people. Via Bagnara remained notorious for these murders. It's said that the walkway is said to be haunted by the ghosts of the victims of Antonio. Our next location is something that is known as the Column of the Devil, and this is located in Milan, Italy. If you wander outside the Basilica di Saint Ambrogio, you will meet an ancient tall pillar. And at the base of this column, there are two round puncture marks. The holes are thought to have been caused by the devil himself. According to the legend circulating around the pillar, the devil was getting fed up with all the good deeds St. Ambrose, Ambrosia was doing, so he decided to try to lure the saint away from his good deeds with the sin of temptation. Or a life of temptation. Then a great battle broke out between the devil and the saint. To some, the saint rammed the devil's horns into the pillar by driving the devil's head into it. But to others, the devil actually charged at the saint, missing him and running into the pillar instead. Even to this day, some claim that you can still smell the sulfur in the air leading many to believe that the devil's presence is still there. Our next location is the San Bernardino Alle Ossa in Milan. Now this church that contains a room that showcases human bones. Now the room is filled with thousands of human remains with an array of femur skulls and more. The bones are arranged in unique patterns which rival many different art forms. The room became necessary when a leprosy breakout consumed the city of Milan in the 17th century. When visiting the ossuary, people have experienced a feeling of uneasiness once stepping foot into the room. Also, there is a rumor of a skull of a little girl who comes to life every November 2nd, which is All Souls Day. It's also said that the skull coaxes many of the other bones to join her to come to life.
now I'm going to take you guys to Rome. Now, I'm going to tell you guys about the Roman catacombs. So, these are the catacombs on the Appia Antica. Now, there are a number of Christian catacombs laying along the underground that lay along the underground of the ancient Via Appia, which is a route that was used by the Roman Empire for trade. Back in the early days, it was, it was perfectly normal for Christians to be buried underground in catacombs in the countryside of Rome. The catacombs San Calesto are more important landmarks because they are they comprise the crypt of the popes, which holds the remains of nine priests who were buried between the second and fourth centuries. Also the catacombs of Saint Sebastiano Spaciano contain burial chambers that spanned three gallery levels and they showcase beautiful stucco art and frescoes. Our next ghost is a very famous ghost. You may have heard of him. This is the ghost of Emperor Nero. Now, he lived from between 37 AD to 68 AD. He was blamed for a fire that destroyed Rome in 64 AD. He is also accused of the murder of his mother, his first wife, and the philosopher Seneca. When he turned from ruling, he left the city in the hands of murderous Tigellinus and was abandoned by the Senate and his guards. He eventually took his own life and he was buried by the Porta del Popolo, along with prostitutes and atheists. In the medieval times, his ghost was seen constantly. After the dedication of a chapel in the church of Santa Maria del Popolo was built in 1099, his ghost had disappeared completely. Our next Roman ghost is the ghost of Count Cagliostro. Now, Count, Le Count Cagliostro lived between 1743 and 
1995. He was an occultist whose life was shrouded in mystery. He married Lorenza in 1768. Lorenza grew tired of her husband's abusive ways, so she betrayed him to the Inquisition in order to escape her husband. Count Cagliostro died in the fortress of San Leo near Rome, but on moonlit nights, it's said that his ghost appears. In search for his wife, Lorenza. Now the now the house that Count Cogliostro haunts is now a ghost a guest house. So if you stay there, try to keep an eye out for him. He might just mistake you for his betraying wife. Our next ghost that we're going to talk about is the ghost of Messalina. Now, she lived between 1720 AD and 48 AD. She was the third wife of Emperor Claudius, and she was a powerful woman who had a reputation for promiscuity. After she was accused of conspiring against her husband, she was executed, and her name was erased from the city. The spirit of Messalina does not rest in peace, and her ghost is said to wander the temple of divine Claudius to the gardens of Calliopio. It is believed that Messalina's spirit is looking for someone to love. Our next ghost, our next Roman ghost, is Luca di Archetis. Now, Luca di Marchis was lived in the 18th century, and Luca was a dissolute nobleman who was quite fond of seducing girls, young girls, and then killing them. Luca, in an attempt to cure his bloodlust, underwent an exorcism. Then he committed suicide when the exorcism did not work by jumping off the balcony of his home in Via San Calipido. Calipadio. The locals avoid the area in street after dark as lights go on and off mysteriously. 
Also, the sound or the thudding sound of his suicide is heard sometimes, and he may also appear upon occasion. Have you guys ever heard of Luca de Marchetti? I have never heard of him. And I tried looking him up other than like doing research. I haven't really found anything on him except for this little story. So he's really kind of wrapped in mystery. Our next ghost in the Rome area is the ghost of Constanza Conti. Now, Constanza Conti belonged to an aristocratic family, the Conti family. Then, after her marriage, she lived on the Villa del Animino, and she was admired for her beauty and, most importantly, her hands. Her hands were so gorgeous that an artist made a model after her hands. When a friar saw the model, he predicted that Constanza, or the owner of the hands, would soon lose them. Upon hearing this, Constanza had the model of her hands destroyed, and terrified, she became a recluse spending her lifetime sewing in her house alone. Sadly, her hand was accidentally pricked by a needle while sewing, which then became infected and led to the hand's amputation. The amputation, however, did not save her life, and she died from septicemia. However, if you take a moonlight walk past Palazzo di Coptis, you might catch a glimpse of her hand in the window glass. Our next ghost story is concerning Beatrice Sensi, who lived from 1577 to 1599. Now, Beatrice belonged to one of Rome's leading families. Her family, her father, however, was abusive, and she eventually hatched a plan to have him killed. She was the victim of, you know, rape and other heinous things that a father could do to one of his children. All sorts of abuse. So, she was unfortunately found out and she was beheaded. And she was buried at the Church of San Pietro in Montario. 
200 years later, when Napoleon's troops entered Rome and smashed tombs in the church, they played ball with Beatrice's head, her skull rather. Now it's no shock that Beatrice's soul is not at rest, especially after that. Obviously she's not at rest, I wouldn't be. And her ghost is said to appear on the night of September 10th. She is seen walking over to the castle of St. Angelo Bridge, cradling her head in her hands. Our next Roman ghost is one that is very famous. This is the ghost of Julius Caesar, who lived from 100 BC to 44 BC. As one of the first true emperors of Rome, Julius Caesar extended Roman dominion as far as Great Britain. After his legendary death in the Senate on the Ides of March, his ashes were interred into a lip, into a lead ball above an obelisk in Cairo. When this was returned to Rome in 1585, Pope Sextus V opened the ball to see if the remains were really in there. And to this day, after the ball was opened, legend has it that this released the ghost of Caesar which is said to, to this day, to be seen wandering the city. His ghost also pops up nor near the Colosseum. Our next location takes us to Napoli, Italy. This is the Palazzo Donna Anna. This is one of the most popular haunted spots in Italy. The original owner of the palace gave name to the place and she was known for her sexual escapades. Now, what she would do was, now get ready for this, y'all. What she would do was, after a night of really, like, hot and great sex, she would drop her man or her lover or whatever you want to call it. After she was done with him and she tired of him, she would drop him through a trap door. And below the trap door was either the sea or it was home to crocodiles that were brought in straight through Africa. The palace is said to be haunted by all the male victims.
but also it's said to be haunted by another ghost. And this brings us to fast forward about 200 years later, when the prince, when the palace was inhabited by Princess Anna Garofa, who used to complete, compete with her niece Mercedes for a lover. You guys heard that right, an aunt was competing with her niece for a lover. One night, Anna and her niece fought, and Mercedes was never seen again after this fight. It's her ghost that is thought to haunt the palace as well. Her ghost is said to wander the halls of the palace and scream. Now here comes the creepy part, y'all. Now, local fishermen are terrified of the atrocities that happen to this place. But also, you can hear Mercedes scream. Even at night, of course, at night. But also, you can hear her screams even at sea as well. Could you imagine hearing that? Hearing ghostly screaming while you're out fishing in the middle of the night? That would be absolutely terrifying. And we're back again. Sorry for that little break if there was one. I had to cut off this segment before I got cut off myself because I can only do segments of 30 minutes each. So I had to start a new, another segment. So our next location in Haunted Italy is Castello di Bardi in Parma, Italy. Now, Bardi Castle is said to be one of the most haunted places in Italy. During the 14th century, a young officer and the daughter of a noble family fell in love. But as these stories usually go, they couldn't be together. He was not rich, and she was very rich. They could not be seen publicly publicly together, and they could not marry, obviously. Now, while the young man was off at war, the daughter, Celesta, was waiting for him every day by the window. One day, she saw a group of soldiers approaching the castle, holding the enemy's flag as a sign of victory. But she misjudged the gesture, and she thought her lover was killed. So she, in a fit of despair and a broken heart, she threw herself from the high castle wall. It plummeted to her death. When the young officer, however, found out about his love's tragic death, he too committed suicide. He jumped to his death out of the castle's towers. His ghost is said to still roam the castle ground, looking for his love, Celesta. And according to what I've read on you know, my research on the websites that I did it on, um, they apparently, like Italian Ghostbusters, apparently, while they were out looking for the ghost of the young man, 
they actually did not discover a presence of his spirit, but they did discover the ghost of a dead monk and not the two young lovers. Which is kind of odd, but who knows who the monk is? So, that brings us to the end of our haunted destinations from all over Italy. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But we're not at the end, at least not yet, of our episode. Now, I'm going to take you guys to a few different parts of Italy for some Italian folklore. And have you guys ever heard of the Malocchio? Or the evil eye. Well, if you didn't, I'm about to tell you guys about it. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you guys about the evil eye. Or the Malachian curse. So, now it's believed that there are two types of Malachia. Malevolent and involuntary. Most of the cases are believed to be the latter. The intentional type is called overlooking and is witchcraft meant to harm and cause misfortune. In the Middle Ages, people believed witches did this to bewitch judges into not convicting them and to curse people whom they were angry with. Now, the involuntary type is when a person may admire or be envious of another's children or property. It could also be a result from gazing at another for too long. Something has to be done to prevent or cure this. Usually, an older wise woman knows what must be done. To test whether or not this is the case, put three drops of olive oil, one on top of the other, in a bowl of water. If they stay together, it is not malachia. If they stay separate or become smeared, it is. To break the spell, insert the tip of a needle into the eye of another needle while chanting. Now the chant would be something that goes like this, eyes against eyes and holes of the eyes, envy cracks and eyes burst. What she would do then is then she would drop needles on top of three drops of olive oil and sprinkle three pinches of salt into the water. This this woman would be known as the Striga, which is a witch. And what she would do is she would then jab scissors into the water through the oil that was dropped three times and cut the air above the bowl three times. And then the spell would be, and then the spell would be finito. Now you guys may have heard me talk about Stagiria, Italian American folklore, um, folk magic. And if you guys would like to hear a little bit more about that, I'll do like another episode about this. But I thought that was interesting. But an Italian witch is called Estriga.
our next part of Italian folklore. Or actually another haunted part of Italy is the Colosseum in Rome. The Colosseum was where gladiators fought to the finish for entertainment of emperors emperors and the elite Romans, slaves, prisoners, and war victims met their death at the jaws of exotic creatures, which we know as tigers and cheetahs, lions, and some animals were even driven to extinction due to Romans, because they would also kill the lions, cheetahs, and tigers as well, and fought to the death. The endless rows of vaults below the Colosseum is where the gladiators awaited to fight. Prisoners waited for the time to die in the most grisly of ways. Those who came to see the matches bet on the outcome, and the more violent, the better they liked it. With all that carnage, bloodshed, and pure evil, it should come at no surprise that visitors and tour guides have reported many paranormal experiences. They felt someone touch them or pinch, touch or push them. They've also heard someone whispering in their ears. Some have also claimed to hear swords, swords clashing and sounds of crying and noises of animals such as the roar of lions. Some have even seen the ghostly figures sitting in the seats of the Colosseum. This ancient Colosseum is one of the most haunted and visited sites in Rome. So, that being said, so outside of the Colosseum, you may just see the ghost of Julius Caesar himself, but inside, you may just see. The ghost of gladiators, the ghost of tigers, lions, and cheetahs, warring and people crying, people pushing you, people whispering in your ears. Seems like a good old time to me. <laughs> so, with that being said, one of these locations would you guys like to visit? Would you visit the Plague Island of Poviglia or the Colosseum? You guys let me know down in the comments. And that just about brings us to the end of tonight's episode. I will see you guys in the outro.
So I want to thank you guys so, so much for joining me on this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this topic for this week's podcast. And if you would like, you can join me again next Friday for an all-new podcast. We do one every Friday. We drop a new episode, new topic, new stories, new facts, new adventures. (laughs) Also, if you would like your own ghost story to be featured on Demimond Paranormal, let me know down in the comments or message me here on anchor.com. I would be glad to have you on the show to tell your story personally, or you can write in with your story and I will convey it here on on Anchor. But until then, be good be safe, and make good choices. Be kind to one another. And I'll see you next week for an all-new episode. And then, as always, stay spooky. Oh, and don't give anybody the evil eye. You don't know who anybody could be. They may be a stricker themselves. <laughs>